Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, uh, Sammy. Yeah, I'm just out, out and about. Uh, you know, we're in a cocoon for most of the time, but... Yeah, the crowds. I mean, the the place is heaving. You know, we're only up to day uh, day number three, and they've already broken attendance records. And yeah, look, it is uh, magnificent. And you know, to actually get around to see the whole site, because obviously I don't come here as a uh, a fan. You're working, um, but you know, I'm trying to afford myself uh, that fan feeling. And you know, this this tournament it doesn't disappoint. I mean, obviously it's you know, a little tougher with the crowd increases just to get onto some of the outside courts. So. That's just the way it is, and particularly with the Aussies playing some big matches the last uh, three days, no one's wanted to leave their seats. Well, I reckon when you can get an extra 10,000 through the door, BP, on day one, and you can have uh, close to 100,000 more viewers of a night time, the Sunday start, that's a massive tick for the Australian Open. That's been a, a big win for them. Yeah, that'll become a permanent fixture now. And then it's just whether the other slams all... Uh, you know, follow suit. Um, you know, Wimbledon have relented on a few traditions over the last uh, few years. Uh, the US Open, I think, would be very open to, you know, starting on a Sunday. There's even been talk, Sam, about, you know, possibly starting the tournament on a Saturday. And they're Why having three, three full weekends where you maximise when people can come the most, and that's on a weekend. It amazes start, me you know, that it doesn't start... happen already, BP. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, we start so many sporting events on a weekday, so and this precinct is is uh, big. Um, they can probably even expand it a little bit more. You know, there's a fair bit of room to uh, get around. And as you know, with this event, as opposed to the other slams, it is an event. There's the inner ring who love the tennis, and the outer ring who are here not for the tennis, but here for the event. So, and they can come. Those uh, people who are working Monday to Friday, nine to five. I can come meet friends and watch it on the big screen and be here for three full weekends. So I could see it probably going that way down the track as um, yeah, the Grand Slams continue to evolve. Uh, the next evolution, though, BP, surely has to be what we do about these late finishes. You can't have the number two seed playing in front of a half-empty stadium and drop half the viewers in the ratings because you're going uh, well into the, the midnight uh, and the wee hours. Uh, what's the fix? Well, it's, it's difficult. It, it's matches on uh, Rod Laver Arena during the day and Margaret Court Arena will absolutely guarantee that the uh, night session does actually uh, finish uh, or does start on time. But beyond that, Sam, it's, you know, tennis is unique in that, you know, there's no clock, there's no buzzer. It's when the match uh, finishes now. The Grand Slams are independent. So the ATP and the WTA are trialling this year. Um, at the tour events, we'll see how this unfolds throughout the year, that I think if a match doesn't get on court by uh, 10.30, there'll either be a court change or they'll just you know, say to the players, let's come back tomorrow. So at tour level, they're going to try it. But as we know, the Grand Slams can make their own rules. And it is a little tougher because it is best of five for the men. So the days are going longer. Mm. Um, but at least I don't think we're going to see, you know, certainly here at the Australian Open, I don't, I don't think we're going to see 
the 4 a.m.s anymore. Yeah, Rinky finished about, what, midnight, 12.30 this morning, and he's a five-set loss. And, you know, it, <laughs> Djokovic, I suppose no one expected him to play a Croatian 18-year-old qualifier and go four hours in the first <laughs> round. Uh, we thought that might be a more straightforward night at the office, more a Sabalenka-type scoreline. Mm. Uh, but young Primzik, he's a star of the future. Yeah. So it's never going to be totally, totally perfect. Uh, with that in mind... Um, one of the things that I do like, because we, we have this chat about a lot of sports often, and sport, ha- and most of them do know and that they're in the entertainment industry. It's not just the sport industry. You know, our, we're called the sports entertainment. It is sport and entertainment. You are competing for people's hard-earned, for the t- limited time they have, for the limited disposable income they have to compete against, whether it be movies or shows or concerts, uh, streaming, whatever it might be. So you have to make the proposition of going to these tournaments as fan-friendly as possible. So the introduction of the new rules about being able to move between games, I think is a winner for fans because games are going for four hours, five hours. You've got to get up and move around. People get up and move around in a whole lot of sports. As long as you're not being abusive and yelling and screaming and all that kind of stuff and, and deliberately trying to put off the players. Jordan Thompson's complained Yes, we have to get him a thesaurus to teach him what the word woke means, but that's not really the issue. Novak's complained about it already. The players might just need to suck this one up, BP, because if you want to play in quiet stadiums, you can, but they'll be empty. And then you won't be earning the dollars that you'll be earning because no one's going to pay to go. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. I didn't know the Australian Open had... Because um, there was no sort of communication around that. And we are used to, yeah, the uneven games where... Uh, there's that 90-second sit-down, patrons can get in and out, and that's still not enough time on a, in a big stadium like Rod Laver, for example. People are dawdling, can't find their seats. But some players are more particular. They Like Demonor, for example, can just be right in the zone and just play the next point, regardless of movement. Other players notice, you know, air ruffle uh, going on. They see everything. So it is, you know, the players are all different in that regard. But it's funny, I went to the, the Next Gen Finals, which has been an event the last six years for the best under 21. That's where they've tried all these new rules. I went to the first one, where basically fans had free movement within the stadium. Now, that was in an indoor stadium where uh, they lighten the court, but the crowd is quite dark. So you're not, you're not sort of in the eyesight of um, the players. Okay. Uh, but people could move, right? They could actually move around. So I think tennis is, yeah trying to evolve in that regard. I think there's some simple etiquette that always has to remain with tennis, like, you know, yelling out between first and second serves and all that sort of stuff, which a lot of the patrons coming in here, you know, they're, they're not, they're not you know, tennis aficionados. They're here for a bit of entertainment. They don't quite realise all the little rules. But, yeah, I think tennis over time, competing with other sports, as you said, has probably got to relax a few little things. And, mm. you know, it's like with any rules, uh, the competitors just have to get used to it, whatever rule changes there are in sport. To the tennis itself, I thought of you the moment that I watched Chris O'Connell get that five-set win, 29 years of age. On your show, The First Serve, you've had him on several times. You've been really big on what he's overcome, You know the grind that he's gone through to get to where he is now, knocking on the door of the top 50 when top 100 only a couple of years ago, BP, seemed like almost undoable because of where he was at and, and what he had gone through. I thought of you. You must have loved watching him get that win. Yeah, it was brilliant because uh, right throughout that match, he was really under the pump. He was hanging on. And, you know, Chris is not an overly um, uh, animated sort of guy. He keeps everything, you know, pretty cool, calm and collected. He's got a beautiful game to watch. But this is the great part about our Aussie men, you know, nine inside the top 100. I'm 
really hoping that a few ball can climb inside the top 50 and climb up to where Demonor is. And you've got to win these big Grand Slam matches. You know, they're tough to win. You've got to dig in. You've got to play the next point. And this has got a, um, a great ability to focus. And he's got a great skill set out on court. So, yeah, I'm wrapped for him because the next stage is top 50. You know, Thompson wins in five yesterday. Rinky, little Dane Sweeney, five sets. We're going to hear more about him uh, in the future. So, they've all got the, the right DNA. Mm. They compete. Some are blessed, um, obviously, uh, like Demonor with the, the assets that he's got. But also look at Demonor and go, well, geez, if he can rise to 10 in the world, well, he's not the biggest guy out on court, doesn't serve the biggest, doesn't have the biggest forehand. There is hope that I can progress. But what Demonor does is I think he just dots the I's and crosses the T's a little bit better than some of our other guys. And it all comes down to the one percenters, your preparation, your diet, everything else, because they can yeah. all strike a pretty good ball and they love to compete. And Storm Hunter gets her very first win at an Australian Open. That was a special moment too. Alex Demonor last night, that was th- that was um, enthralling watching, wasn't it? Uh, Raonic has troubled him all throughout his career. Raonic, we know, wasn't in great nick coming in. He looked like, to me, BP, especially when he took that first set, this was like a boxer who knew he didn't have the legs to go all 12 rounds. He was looking to land the knockout in the first couple yeah. of rounds. And sadly, um, after claiming the first, lost a second, Demon will look like he was going to go away with it and, and win it, but it, he was succumbing to the injury and uh, Alex uh, goes through. Yeah, I mean, he was a little bit of stand and deliver from, uh, you know, the big man, uh, which, you know, I was watching him serve last night. He's lost none of that. When he hits his spots, they are unplayable. He was up around 215, like 221 he might have got to uh, with the service speed. And, yeah, narrowly grabbed that first set tie break. But you just felt there was going to be a good response from Alex and that he would wear down Ranich eventually. And then he started just to see Ranich move a little proper. He went off court for a bit of off-court treatment, uh, came back and... Obviously, he was feeling it. He was, you know, he's he hasn't been match hardened for gee, good three or four years. He's had no continuity in his tennis, and mm. it's going to be, I think, a bit of a struggle for him to get back. So, yeah, Demonor gets that done. Uh, Arnaldi in the next round, Sam, he's he's going to be tough. I'm, I really rate this young Italian who fourth round US beat Hopper at the Davis Cup to set up Italy's win in November, and he just loves to compete. He can stay out there all day. And, Hit tennis balls. That reminds me of someone, Alex Demon. It's like playing each other in the mirror. Yes. Uh, almost uh, this matchup. So this is this will be um, yeah hard for second round. Yeah, and uh, Alexi's got Novak Djokovic. Alexi Popper, who you mentioned, that's tomorrow. And uh, Christian O'Connell's got the 16 seed Shelton from the, the US. But it, for those, because mm. Aussie's going on all around the place at the moment, BP. I'll update on scores in a minute. But if you were to tell someone, hey, have a look at this player today, who would you be? Uh, who would you be um, gravitating towards from an Aussie point of view today? Thanasi, the Savo, as we know. Yeah, well, apart from Thanasi, because a lot of people will flock there because he's obviously well known to people and. You know, John Kane is the Aussie court. Uh, but um, if you go to the tennis, not only here, but anywhere around uh, Australia, you've got to sit courtside and watch uh, Max Purcell. Now, I think Max has got a lot of upside and he serves big. He's a beautiful volleyer. He's won Wimbledon. He's 40-odd in the world in the rankings. So he's capable if he can keep evolving as a player and as a person. He's back with Nathan Healy, his old coach. So And Max is a character. He's quirky. He's different. He's a very different cat, Sam, which we like. Uh, we don't want everyone being robots and being yes. the same. Yes. And he'll give you a quote. He'll give you a quote or three. Uh, Max, so get out and watch him play, folks. Hey, uh, doing a phenomenal job as you always do, BP. The coverage has been sensational, and we look forward to continuing to tune in across the tournament. We'll chat to you soon. Pleasure, Sam. Have a good day.